Hey, Peter. What? How are you feeling? Eh, not good. I'm not yeah. feeling it, man. I can tell. I can tell. Well, you know, that's why we're going to talk about what to do when you're not feeling it. Uh-oh. You're not feeling it either now? Well, now I'm not. Okay. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice, life advice, inspiration, perspiration. Wait. Degradation, everything. Coming at you. Hold on. Inspiration when we're not feeling it? How's that Well, come possible? on. We got we, we to turn the tides, man. We got <laughs> we, we, we to gotta write the ship, you know? We do have to write the ship. We, we had to set the stage. Now we're going to write the ship. We're going to write the ship. Yeah. You know, we... Do we... Uh... <laughs> no, you know, we... Uh... We haven't had the best recording days. Sometimes we walk in and it's like, we're crapping gold. Sorry, that was vulgar, but it's true. <laughs> wow. I've never heard that term before. Well, I just made it up. But you know how it is. It's like sometimes <laughs> you just painful. come in, you're just dropping, you're dropping dimes, right? You just, everything's you're dropping gold, apparently. <laughs> yeah, everything's going your way. And sometimes you start your podcast, your daily jazz advice podcast. Yeah. It's not, it's not. You're not feeling it. You're not feeling it. You're not feeling it. Yeah. And so we thought, uh, not that that ever happens to us like 10 minutes ago, but uh, (laughs) we thought that we would talk about this today and maybe extend it also into, you know, what do you do when you're not feeling your practice? Yeah. You know, because that happens often. What are you not feeling it? What do you do when you're not feeling it and you're about to have to perform? Yeah. That's when it becomes real because... You, you can't, you can't reschedule that one usually. Oh, I'm not feeling it. So I'm, you know, like the surgeon's about to go in and do the surgery. Everything's open up. You, you got to get that mindset going and you have to uh, rise to the occasion. But I think in terms of uh, practicing is something that we all experience this uh, at times. And if, and especially if you're really committing to daily practice, you Mm. are going to, um, you're going to hit the, I'm not feeling it feeling Pretty often. Oh, know? yeah. More often. Not more often than not, but more often than you would like to. Well, yeah. It's a, it, it, when it's a daily thing like that, life is going to happen. And right. especially kind of now in the, in the time that we're in. Yes. You know, we got to give ourselves a little leeway that it's, it's a very strange and stressful time yeah. for most of us. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to hit a wall sometimes. And we still want to be engaged, right? We still want to be engaged in our lives. We still want to be engaged with music, which is for many of us, the ultimate purpose of our life, yes. I think. The if you're pen, listening to this, penultimate. If, if, you're li- <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very important to you to say the least. Yes. Right. And so how do we stay engaged with it? How do we, how do we commune with the things that we know make us feel better? You know, as much as we're not feeling it, doing podcasts with you makes me feel, it makes me feel good. Oh, thank it you. It is fun. Yeah. And so I don't like it when I'm not feeling it. And so we, we need to like develop some, some strategies to get over that. So, so what do we do? Peter? Well, I think, you know, we look at the tools that we have available to us. And I think that, um, you know, this is not just a look on the bright side, look at the glasses half empty. Um, but it's really more nuts and bolts as we say sometimes in terms of like, let's think about, as musicians, mm. what do we have to bring to a situation? And I think that this is not about, let me play a, a C diminished scale because I've got that. It's not that kind of tool, but it's the creative side that we have. Yeah. So the great thing about being creative is that you are not limited. Like that's mm. the ultimate mindset thing. And so this transcends being a musician. This is gets into any kind of creative endeavor. Once you put that costume on, once you put that personality on, once you put that 
that lifestyle, that mindset of an artist, of a creative person, then you actually have the skills. Now, the, the, these can be at different varying degrees. They can go up and down, and you, certainly over your lifetime, they go up as you develop. But but day to day, we can forget that we have those. But by having creativity, like we can kind of uh, manufacture a solution to not feeling it based upon us being creative souls. You that's know? right. And so that's the first thing to, to sort of realize is like, thankfully, we are creative people, so we can deal with this. You're still going to come up to that obstacle, but it's kind of like, you know, you're driving and you're driving down the road. All of a sudden there's a boulder blocking the road. You know, if you're not a creative person and don't have a creative mindset, you're like, the road is blocked. So I got to go back. That's right. That's the end of the day. That's the end of my journey. I got to go back to where I started. You know, a creative person, an artist will be like, well, let's think about the different possibilities. Um, and, and it's not even like, well, you would say like an engineering kind of mind would be like, well, let me look at the angle of that. Is there a way to go above it? Yeah. But really the artistic mind, the creative mind mindset would be like, how do I dance around it and make it look good as I'm going yeah, around yeah, it? Like, yeah, how yeah. do I, you know, reach into my arsenal of, of other artists or whatever, come up with some kind of creative solution, something that's not based upon something you can necessarily see with your eyes right in front of well, you. Well, let me take you back just a little bit. Let's okay. just take it back. Just I think the first the first thing to think about with this boulder metaphor yeah. is that first you need to acknowledge that there's a boulder in the road. Right. You know what I mean? So don't try to deny that there's a boulder in the road and then right. just drive into it. In the words of Shrek, that's a nice boulder. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Shrek. Oh, won. that's right. The wheelhouse of your kids. Yeah, yeah that makes right. sense. Uh, no, but so like if you're not feeling it, it's totally okay to be like, you know what? I'm really not feeling it right now. Because there's a big ass boulder. Because there's the a big ass boulder in the road. No, uh, that's cool. Like, because then that's that's when you can actually develop real strategies on how to dance around it in an artful way. Yeah. But if you're just like, nope, just gonna go straight into the boulder, that's not no, gonna work. That's, that's not gonna work. You're gonna you're gonna hurt yourself. That's right. As you as you hurl yourself into that boulder. And I think too, you know, this thing of like when you're not feeling it, it, it is in terms of what we can creative and having that creative mindset and what we can create in those situations. A lot of uh, very interesting art, you know, composition, artistry, dance, theater, and everything comes from these, comes from that side of the, the human emotion mm. of kind of despair, you know, and, and not feeling it and stuff. So tapping into these things, it's, it, it's not just about, you know, riding when everything's going well and, and everything is joyous. It's like, what are you going to do when stuff starts going when some boulders start showing up, like what, you know, how are you going to act? Like, are you going to become one that pulls everybody down with you? And it's like, come on, everybody, let's go back. Let's not keep going because it's, it's blocking. Like maybe those, some people are, a lot of people are kind of in the middle. They're like, mm. they don't know if they're creative or not. They're like, ugh, there's a boulder. I don't, so somebody leads and you've got, you know, kind of a negative kind of leader that doesn't have a creative mind. It's like everybody turn around and then people will do that. If that's what, if that's what they're being told, you know, um, all right, so we're just going to stick with this, even though we're kind of beating a dead horse here. But, so we got our boulder. Yes. Uh, was, are we on a mountain pass? Is that probably the case? I like it. You're getting creative now. You're, you're giving a little bit of scenery. You know, That's better than just a road in the, in the old Wild West, just nothing else around. Hey, then it'd be easy to go anybody around. Anybody who's driven through the mountains has envisioned boulders coming down and then you falling off the cliff. That's but, right. Yeah, so that, that could definitely happen with our practice. All right, so the boulder is there. We have acknowledged that uh, we're not feeling it. And I think the first thing that, that I think of when I think of this, and this happens to me quite often because I, you know, I practice pretty much every day now. Um, and what I, the first thing I think is, is I just need to show up here. Mm. I need to show up even if it's for five minutes. 
rarely happens that it's for five minutes. But if I just tell myself, I just need to show up for five minutes. And by show up, I don't mean even like just physically be at the piano, although that does help. But I mean, just like, I just need to engage this muscle for a second. You know what I mean? Just let me connect with the instrument and let me connect with music in a way that's for me, even though I'm not feeling it and I'm pissed off because whatever reasons my kids didn't set up the cameras the right way. <laughs> now I'm really mixing the boulders. It's, it's the boulder can't get in focus. Now I'm, mis- I'm mixing my, my metaphors. Right. But you know what I mean? And yeah. then you just show up for five minutes before you know it. In my experience, 20 minutes has gone by. I've got some good work in. Right. I feel a little bit better. I've forgotten about all the, the boulder and the focus and all that stuff. Yeah. I love that. And that would you, uh, would you say that comes a little bit, it's almost a stoic, uh, a little mm. bit of stoicism in there. Oh, we can lean on our stoic yeah. philosophers. Lean into it. Yeah, the stoics yeah. are great for this. Yeah, two, first of all... They know, they know how to show up. Stoics they, show up. Oh, yeah, well, they're <laughs> expecting boulders. <laughs> they, yeah. Right, they even become addicted and even get a perverse sense of, of joy when they see a boulder in a way. No, when they're in Kansas, they're like, <laughs> I can kind of see Colorado from here. I know there's boulders coming up. That's right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. Boulder in Colorado, too. I got you. Oh, I, got you. I didn't need that. I didn't a witty that, stoic. That was an unplanned pun. <laughs> the best kind. Yeah, but I think that there, there is, uh, there's a certain, you know, with showing up and, and also with the expectation and a mindset that, that you're not going to be feeling it at times. Like there's a preparation, like a mental preparation, if not knowing exactly how you're going to go around the boulder, but just that there are going to be um, hiccups there's going to be boulders in the road. There's going to be days when you practice and you feel like you're getting worse. Mm. Um, once you acknowledge that, that elephant in the room, basically, yeah. um, then when it does happen, well, first of all, you should be all the more appreciative when, every, when, the, when no boulders come down, when, when there's nothing in your way, because you know it's not always going to be like that. And you don't want to get cocky. That's right. And be like, oh, I deserve this, or it's always like this. Man, I was just reading this really awesome uh, psychologist who's, who has this really great podcast, and he was saying that growth is, it's a cliche, but growth is two steps forward, one step back. And, that, right. and it's a cliche for a reason, because you know you're growing when, you, yeah. when you're going forward and things seem really smooth and you're learning and things are happening, and then you retract, like it, it, you take a step back. That's part of the process. Absolutely. And it's going to happen. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, the daily practice thing is such a marker for, uh, you know, seeing how that's being implemented in your development because it's something that you can come to every day if you show up, if mm. you show up. So in knowing that, and some people might be like, well, why, why not learn and start to avoid the one step back? Then you can just keep going two steps forward. The problem with that, it's actually possible. And, and I would even say that let's extend this into thinking about how we approach playing a solo as, as kind of a metaphor or representation of this very concept in our That's life. A great point. You know, it's like you can play a solo in which you never take a step back. Mm. That's called a careful solo. But you're going to have trouble going also, two steps forward. Also called a crappy solo. Also called a well. I mean, if you're really good, it could be a serviceable solo. Oh, sure, it sure, might sure. not be crappy. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's going to be crappy, but <laughs> it's not going to be memorable. I can tell you that. True. But the thing about it is, is if you don't, if you don't, aren't willing to at least be open to taking that step back, at least sometimes, mm. um, you're going to have very, a very big difficulty 
in taking two steps forward. It's like really being able to leap up that mountain. Ever. You're going to be going slowly up because you're being careful. You're never going off the path. You're never stopping to smell the roses. You're never stopping to help somebody else along. You're never basically, you're, you're so being so careful. You're not enjoying what the process is. And I think, you know, ultimately at any endeavor, playing a solo, playing, doing a tour, playing a concert, doing a podcast, um, making a video, practicing, um, producing something, being creative mm. um, is always like there has to be a, a, a dominant or at least prevalent uh, element of enjoyment by the performer or the creator. Right. Mm. So because we're offering this up to be shared. Now, when we talk about improvisation, that's very important and, and, and it's inherent in what we do because the sharing like we're real time sharing with the audience. And yeah. so if we don't have that kind of energy, if we're playing careful and we're looking inwards and we're like so scared about boulders that we're going to make sure we do everything we can to, to keep it close to the vest so that nothing happens um, untoward then we're really not inviting the listener in it's it's a crappy solo at at worst and and possibly just pedestrian at best let's talk a little bit about more about performance like what what happens when you're not feeling it and you have to perform i've been in this boat quite a bit yeah and oh doing a boat gigs river boat gigs oh, i well, hear you you're definitely not feeling it if you're doing a river boat gig. i've been in that boat too <laughs> no but it's like do you do this thing i wonder i wonder because you do so many big stages and there's a, you feel like you have an obligation to entertain. I do at yeah. least a little no, yeah. bit, but I also want to use the not feeling it right. Like uh, not in the sense that like, I'm not feeling, I'm just going to be kind of a jerk, but in the sense of like, I need to take this frustration or whatever I'm feeling here and put it authentically into, like, I just need to use how I'm authentically feeling right now right? and perform this concert. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to just be like, okay, energy, you know, and big yep. smile and like whatever that for me, I think would be worse. Uh, if I had to perform like that, if I had to put on a big smile and pretend like I was in a great mood, I don't think I can do that. I need to use how I'm feeling in the moment. Um, like you said to, to like, so that it's not, I'm not faking the funk when I have to improvise that it's like, I'm connected with myself, with the audience. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think, I, I yeah, I think the performance side of this, the main difference between these other areas, I, I think, is that that's when our professionalism has to really come out, when you're not feeling it, mm -hmm. because this is our job. This is our job to, uh, and I don't necessarily mean professionalism as in that you're being paid or not, I mean, or how much you're being paid. I think a professional is a professional regardless of the finances and the business side of it. It's like, this is who I am. You know, this is, I'm a musician and part of that and, and, you know, different performers think about it in varying degrees, but I think that what you said in terms of entertaining, that's always an element, even mm. the most, you know, uh, the most detached performer there's, I mean, if that didn't matter to a performer, you would just be playing at home. You know, people can be like, well, Keith Jarrett doesn't care about his audiences. That's not true. He cares very much. He may appear to care more about the music and his relationship with it, but ultimately he believes so strongly that that's of actually the highest entertainment value yeah. to the listener. Yeah. So, but I think that like as professionals, we, you know, that's, that's to me where like the stoicism like really comes into play because it's like, when you're not feeling, it's like too bad, too bad, little boy, too bad, little girl. Now it's time to put on the big boy pants, the big girl pants and, and do what your job is, you know? And is when you're not feeling it, are, is your personal expectation that you're going to knock it out the park and do everything? No, but 
and this is where the preparation, I believe, and, and the practicing and the confidence all comes in. Your very, you know, your variation in levels, whether you're feeling it or not, should not be so great. You know, and that's the same thing like as far as when you're performing. Like if you're having a down night, it should not be that the more professional you are, I believe, the less noticeable that is. And I think we've probably experienced that separately, maybe even together sometimes when we're like, and then people come up and are like, oh my God, that was so amazing. Yeah, And it's valid. That's valid. And I used to be like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. No, it's they actually have a more objective view and maybe you're being more professional than you realize actually. Yeah, but do you do the do you do a thing where you can kind of use the energy of frustration to your advantage? Like that's what I'm saying of of just being like I'm just going to accept what's happening right now. Not even, like it's maybe this isn't uh, apropos for feeling it, but just for being like I don't know if I'm super into this situation or whatever. I'm just, I mean I'm not that I would ever be like I'm not into this, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Where you would where you would use that as like Let's rise. I mean, to your point about Keith Jarrett, I think that's a really great point in that people think that maybe he's too fussy or doesn't care about his audiences. But I think you are correct in that he sees the purpose of, of presenting the music as why the people are there. Yeah. And so if it's not as good as he knows it can be, he's, he is very finicky. Yeah. And, but it's for them. It's not for him. Right. It's for them. And he's using himself as like a vehicle to get that altruistic purpose to them. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how I feel too. It's just like, okay, I'm not feeling it. I need to use this for them. I need to use my frustration for them. Yes. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally see that. I, I think what I was saying in terms of being a professional, that's kind of one big element of that. Like that's part of, you know, why do we do that? How come, you know, like if, if I go out to run, if I sign up to run a marathon and I'm like, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know what? I'm not really feeling it today. Mm. There's not going to be, there might be some kind of personal commitment that I have to myself to like, you know what, you said you're going to do this, you're going to do it. But I'm not a professional runner. I'm a runner, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a professional runner. So I don't feel that like for my fans or for the race or for my family or whatever. It's just kind of a personal commitment, which may be as important or whatever, but that's kind of different too, you know? Um, And I think that's why the, the performance situation with this maybe differentiates. And I think your technique that you talked about would be a little bit different than like say practicing and these different things. Cause we might make a personal commitment to ourselves that as not as a professional commitment, but just as a personal commitment, like this year I want to really get better at playing guitar. Like I want to like, this is so important to me. Like those kind of people usually are better in tune with enjoying the process. Yeah. Even than professionals sometimes because they're doing it truly for all the right reasons. They're not like, I want to be able to learn guitar this year so that I can become a professional and play for some people. I mean, they may be also or rich and famous or rich and famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They may be thinking that too as another, but like when you can tap into and, and I, you know, I want to do this because I want to within as quickly as I can be able to play something that I enjoy, my family maybe or whatever. But like, I want to master this skill. I want to be a runner. I want to be a musician. That's to me is that kind of a thing. Hmm. And there might be other things along with it because I want to be healthier and I want to, you know, consume less media or whatever. But those are all sort of, you know, around the edges. But I think that the professional as much as we can combine both of those. Yeah. We're, we're doing it to be rich and famous or we're doing it to be, playing music because we want to beat people to clap but more likely it's like we want to serve Mm. we want to take what our skills are and serve the world kind of do what our part is you know and i think that any professional musician more so or than more more so than monetary or or job or whatever you know there's some element of that uh of wanting to serve and but when you combine it with the loving the process too 
that's when you know you can overcome this i'm not feeling it well you know and to that point it, uh, that also helps the loving the process part helps in having a little bit of if you're not feeling it or if things aren't clicking the way you want them to click it, that helps with having a little bit of self-compassion of like, you know what? I'm going to be fine. I'm a professional. I'm going to yeah. come here. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to use what I have. Yeah. I'm going to make the best of it. We're going to serve the music. We're going to serve this audience. And uh, this, you know, I'm still me at the end of the day, right. no matter what happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, yeah, that there's just a confidence factor that goes with that of when you acknowledge that you're professional and you know what you're doing because then when it's like, Oh, I'm not feeling it. Then when that doubt comes in of like, Oh, because I'm not feeling it today, there's, there's something wrong with me. Is yeah. there something wrong with my skill? Am I, am you I still a, got the skills. Yeah. Am I less than of a person or of a musician? Right. Don't beat yourself up over that no, stuff. No. You gotta, you gotta have some compassion for yourself. A little self love, a little, you know what I mean? A little acceptance of the situation. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I like it. Well, I feel better already. Thank you, man. Do Thanks, you buddy. Like, oh, we did it. Did we press record this time? No. <laughs> we got Peter back around, everybody. Well, right. you know what really makes Peter happy? Ratings and reviews. That is true. Go leave us a rating and review right here in your podcast catcher. I heard someone call it a podcast catcher the what other day. What the hell is that? Anything. Like that's Stitcher, that's Apple Podcasts. It's whatever you use as really? a podcast catcher. Never Whatever you collect your ca- your podcast. So basically, in. just go to the iTunes app. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Essentially. <laughs> and uh, leave us a rating and reviews. We only accept seven stars. Well, Peter feels better if it's seven. stars. I feel better, but you know what? I I'm not anti. Like, if somebody wants to give us, well, first of all, if you think this is a one star podcast or episode, and you listened all the way to this point, I think that's why we have such. I mean, look, we average five stars. Did you know that? I did know that, yeah. Like, we have, we've gotten a bunch of ratings, reviews, and I don't know that they've all been five because we've had some sevens, which have kind of skewed things, which is nice. <laughs> um, but I think part of that is because we ask for the rating review at the end of the episode. What idiot would listen all the way to this point? Yes, I'm talking to you, listener. If you're even thinking about leaving one star. No, really, why would you listen? To, why would you waste your time if it's this bad? Well, I'm not saying we're for everybody. Maybe like it's like watching a, a car accident, like where you, you, you rubberneck and you're just like, oh, this is so bad. I have to see how this is going to end. Yeah, but as a story, it might be pretty exciting if you keep watching it. Yeah, that's true. I that's mean, a true. crappy car accident is actually when everything kind of like is just, ah, it's just a fender bender. Oh, yeah. Look at those people that looks like that was they, a one star car accident. <laughs> yeah. There's no one's hurt and the cars look fine and the police are there and everybody's behaving and getting along. That's right. That's, that's boring. Right. Well, till tomorrow. You'll hear it.